Like so many things within a religious system, that if you don't pay attention to them, or if you don't have your mind focused on them, a huge amount of what's being given over will be missed. What I'm talking about is when there's like a ritual or a symbol, if, you don't, if we don't educate ourselves about its intention or the dimensions of the symbolic action, let's call it, we, we, there's, a, there's a huge amount that will be lost. A huge amount of its intention, a huge amount of how we're, it's supposed to orient us that will be lost. That's not to say that there's not a, a psychological impact made by a symbolic gesture, even if you're not actually aware of the symbolic dimensions that will be given over and that will build you. But as religious people, or as people who want to live enriched lives, the more we know about it, obviously, the better. And this week, we really get a very interesting parallel between a story, the narrative part of the Torah, the narrative part of the Bible, and a legal side, let's call it. Because we can often see a symbol rise up from a story, a symbol being explicit in a story. But in this week's parish, we both get the symbol being acted out, but also explicitly proclaimed. And that's quite rare, because rarely do you, often the um, philosophy is implicit in the story, but rarely do we get it articulated as a symbol coming out of the story. In this week's parasha, in Vayishlach, or the the portion of the Torah that Jewish people are reading around the world, we get this epic struggle, the struggle between the uh, specter, we, the struggle between what's known as the Tsar of Esau, a, a bizarre story, an exciting story, a story of struggle, of a wrestle between good and bad, or Yaakov versus the the, the uh, symbol of Esau, his brother, and he struggles throughout the night, but in the midst of this battle, he gets injured. But he holds on. He holds on tight to the to his um, opponent, and holds him till the end of the night, where he demands. When this this spectre wants to leave, he says no. He demands that before this um, apparition leaves, that he blesses him. And this is where we get the name Yisrael. Without getting into the exact symbolism of the name, because that obviously is going to be very rich, because Sarab means. Um, uh, superior, greater, to tower over, and Kale means God, or Aleph Lamed means God, but without getting into that, because that's a, that's a fascinating discussion in of itself, but let's look at this in a, in a broad perspective. Let's look at this battle that took place, and Hirsch, the commentator once again that we're going to focus on, really uses this as a beautiful parallel to the, the story and what comes after the story. So this story gives over this idea of the struggle, a struggle throughout the night, with injury, but sort of retaining one's position in the battle, even though one has been injured. And what are the Jewish people commanded afterwards? The Jewish people are commanded that they shall forego the Gid Hanasha. This nerve, this sciatic nerve, the thing that holds the hip, that was damaged while Yaakov was having this battle, the Jewish people throughout the generations, as it's recorded afterwards, would forgo that in their meal. And it's worth pointing out that, like other aspects of kashras or other laws in Judaism, they're often very pervasive. They filter throughout our life, even though we're not necessarily focused on it. As I said, when it comes to the gid hanasha, or foregoing this specific part of the animal. Whenever we eat meat, we're implicitly involved in this symbol. So let's talk about what this idea is giving over. And in a way, what are we actually living out when we forego this part of the animal? Something that everyone else eats, we forego it. What are we living out? 
Well, in a very simple way, we're living out that same idea that Yaakov demonstrated on the field. Yaakov demonstrated that his foundation, his strength, does not come from a physical foundation of power. And this idea we see repeated again and again, that our strength of survival, our ability to stand through the dark night of the Jewish history, wasn't by power and wasn't by strength, but was by something greater, was by our commitment to a higher calling. Because it's in the spirit of the upcoming festival of Hanukkah, the Jewish festival of lights, to quote the prophet during the Haftarah of Hanukkah, Zachariah or Zechariah, not by might and not by power, but by my spirit. That is where we get our strength from. That is where we get our ability to stand. The Jewish people are being taught here that when they look at history, and when they look at our ability to survive throughout history and proclaim our mission, it isn't because of our strength, as demonstrated by Yaakov in his battle. When Yaakov battled, he lost his physical strength. He lost his foundation, that which holds us up. What held him up, being obviously symbolized by his, his ability to stand, was taken away from him. But he still held through the battle of the night. And for the Jewish people, the parallel is the exile that we've been living through for all these generations. The night of exile we will hold strong. He went to this battle not like his brother at the head of 400 men strong. No, he went with his family. He prepared, but he went with his family. And then he had this nocturnal struggle, which parallels the history or the emblem of the Jewish people throughout history. Not by power do we stand, and we hold on through the darkness of the night. Until what point? Until the day when the opponent is ready to quit. Yaakov holds strong and demands that I won't let you go until you bless me. So our first point, the message of the struggle. The message of the struggle not being on a foundation. And the second message that we won't give up. We will not relinquish our grip on humanity until, yes, you're ready to quit. You're ready to leave us alone. You're ready to get on with your own way and ignore us. But the Jewish people's answer, but without my physical strength, I am still here. Without my foundation, I am still here throughout these generations. And not until you recognize that what I've been doing all this time has been for you as well. Not until you recognize, not until you bless me. In Judaism, or according to the Torah, a blessing isn't just a, a wish for someone to do well. A blessing is to commit to the other's goals. When God blesses the Jewish people, he is committed to us. When we bless God, we are articulating our commitment to him. When Yaakov looks at the Sashel Esau, when Yaakov looks at this opponent and says, not until you bless me, not until you too can come to the realization that this mission that we have been on for the past 3,000 years is your mission as well. Not until you can articulate that you are committed to the same moral calling that the Jewish people have been proclaiming throughout the generations are you too committed to. The parallels to Hanukkah are really beautiful. Because what's the answer Yaakov's giving? The answer to history or the Jewish emblem of history isn't that until we assimilate into you, until we give up our values and we give up our calling in face of what is popular today, the answer of Jewish history, the answer of this struggle, is that without our foundation, we were a minority throughout the generations, throughout the dark night of our exile, but we held strong, and we did it without power, like everyone else does, not by might, 
We didn't hold to power but the head of 400 men. We stood strong because we kept committed to our values. We kept committed to our striving and our goal as Jewish people. And at the end of the night, when it's all over, the nations of the world will recognize that what we've been doing, the calling that we've been making of all these generations, and they will turn to us and they will bless us. It doesn't mean they'll give us a present. No, they will, like us, be committed to the same goals. They will, like us, recognize that the goals we've been proclaiming all these generations are the true and good goals that the rest of humanity should be committed to as well. This isn't a, a personalized Jewish idea right now. It's history. History involves the world, and we are taking the world on this journey. Once again, the Jewish people are called Bechayr, the firstborn. Because if there is a firstborn, there are other children. Yes, the Jewish people may be, the children of Israel may be the first to start this dance. But the proclamation from the Bible is that everyone eventually will join. And then, we, as people living in this day and age, throughout the generations, we hearken back to that struggle by foregoing the sciatic nerve. We willingly forego the power. We willingly forego in symbolic ritual, in symbolic gesture, we forego the sciatic nerve, proclaiming it is not by this sort of foundation that we hold true to our goal and that we survive throughout the generations. It's not by this sciatic nerve. It's not by the foundation that Yaakov lost in that battle. And we forego that in our meal. So to recap our three points. The first point we made was that this struggle is an emblem of Jewish history. It is an emblem of Jewish history and where our foundation is. It is not a foundation of power, a foundation of strength. It is a foundation of commitment to values and ideals. As demonstrated by Yaakov's lack of a foundation throughout the darkness of that night. But he held on true. And we live out this idea in our lives today when we forego the sciatic nerve when we eat. And by the way, it's one of those things that is difficult to articulate when a person says, well, what's the idea of a gid hanasher, of why you don't eat that part of the animal? First of all, not many people know about it, but it's one of the four symbols that are put over in Genesis, along with the rainbow, Shabbos, and Mila. It is a hugely significant idea, and this gives a, a way of framing it. And how does it end? And that was our last point. It ended by the spectre blessing Yaakov, when he was ready to ignore Yaakov, and he was ready to just move on with his own life, and ignore that the Jewish people were there and potentially put them out of their mind. The Jewish people hold on. We stay here. We stand tall and we sound strong. And how the two ideas interlink. It is because of our lack of strength that opens up the eyes of the nations of the world. If we once again were at the forefront of 400 men, our invincibility on a material plane, which is what gave us our survival. That wouldn't be impressive. That wouldn't open people's eyes to potentially there's something beyond the, the veil here. No, our lack of strength is what opens up people's eyes. It is because we don't have the material power and we still survive that it points to something beyond the mere material that allows us to hold strong and hold true throughout history. And we won't leave until our mission is complete. And the mission of the Jewish people isn't one with a sword. Like his opponent, it isn't one of the head of an army. It is a one of values and a one of commitment to values and through our demonstration of these ideas, as a minority, our job is to influence by example. And that comes with time. And that is the emblem of history given over in this week's parasha. Thank you very much for listening. 
and have a wonderful Shabbos.